This is Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bacon. This is the place where people from all walks of life share their anxiety stories to remind you that you are not alone. If you have an anxiety story you'd like to share, contact us at anxietycanada.com slash ouranxietystories. My name is John Bateman, and this is Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast. And today I'm speaking with artist Nikki Lewis. Hi, Nikki. Hello. Yep. Okay. We're chuckling a bit at that, but that's okay. That can be our, we're trying to define whether Nikki doesn't think, wasn't sure if she wanted to be an artist, defined as an artist. And I'm saying she is an artist. I am an artist. I'll you say that. You are an artist. Great. Okay. Um, Nikki, the name of the show is Our Anxiety Stories. Uh, so what's your anxiety story? Well, um, personally, I haven't really ever experienced anxiety mm-hmm. until COVID. I, um, I'm pretty, I, I just haven't had to. And, um, and then it, COVID hit and I'm such a people person that um, I found it just really hard to be out in public and be scared of people. Right. And I was yeah. at the grocery store and um, kind of the final straw for me leaving the house (laughs) was when I was at the grocery store and this little boy bumped into me and his dad got really angry with him for bumping into me. And then I started to apologize, but then I started to think like, no, dad might be scared of me too. And that just, it was just a ball of not okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I realized, yeah, it was just, it was too much. So I started doing all my groceries online and I literally just locked myself in for a couple months and and uh, it was pretty hard and I was not doing well. And um, Can you describe yeah. a little bit? I'm, I'm always interested in people um, who have got to a certain point in their life without experiencing kind of, you know, I, I guess everybody experiences anxiety. You know, we all get anxiety for certain reasons, um, yep. whether it's when you're flying and there's turbulence and blow, there's a lot of reasons. Um, but for somebody who hasn't, didn't have sort of that experience with what you'd consider to be more life affecting anxiety, uh, what did that feel like for you? You know, what, what was that anxiety experience, you know, physically or emotionally? What did that feel like for you? Well, just the, the feeling of fear over things that just wouldn't induce fear generally, you know, and, and I'm part of that is just COVID, but also just, you know, um, getting, going to the store and, and realizing that someone walking towards me would normally be a hi moment turned into a <laughs> right yeah. like yeah. stay away moment and um uh and just even sitting at home and just the thoughts right your brain just starts to go all these dark little corners that you didn't even know were there and my son actually i have a 15 year old son and he has struggled with anxiety his whole life and uh I, you know, I do my best to understand, but Mm -hmm. until COVID hit, I don't think I had a full view of what his day-to-day is like, right? And So in that way, it really, it's helped inform you in the way that you approach him now, I I would guess. Yeah. I mean, I've always been very, I've been trying, I've I've been understanding, but I didn't fully understand, right? I mean, it's one thing to kind of understand that this is an issue and so we're going to navigate around it but then to understand no this is how they're feeling right now is a totally different thing right yeah i guess that's kind of the difference between you know sympathy and empathy i mean empathy is something you've kind of experienced so you can understand on that level so you're you're upping your empathy 
a little bit there for what <laughs> yeah. he's been going through. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. you know, nobody wants to feel that level of anxiety. Yeah. Uh, I talk to a lot of people, you know, kids and parents who deal with children with anxiety. I, did Was he aware that you were feeling more anxious or uh, were you just kind of putting on that face? Well, I put on a face for a while and mm. then I, I think we were, we were going somewhere and I just said, I don't think I want to go into the store. It's too scary. And he mm. was like, what, mom, what? <laughs> and then I just said, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm finding that I'm having a lot of anxiety for, from COVID. And that was, he was like, whoa, right. And, uh, but yeah, so it's been good. And ironically, I'm also, I started in, <laughs> in March, I started taking courses to be a special education teaching assistant. Okay. And so <laughs> ironically, we've been learning a lot about anxiety in that uh, realm as well online. So this yeah. whole six months has been a lot of learning. <laughs> so yeah, no, well, no kidding. And I'm wondering um, when you, you know, and I always wonder, I, I think people who don't experience anxiety, sort of on a more life affecting or critical level, they don't for a reason. And I think some of that, yeah, is genetic. And I think some of it is the way they think, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm kind of rooted in cognitive behavioral therapy, which is kind of, it, it helps deal with the way we think. Um, so somebody like you, I mean, you've essentially established somewhere along the line tools or whatever you might call them that have kept your anxiety at a manageable level. Yeah. Um, so once it went beyond sort of that comfortable level for you, what was your, did you have a strategy with dealing with that? Did you change your game at all with how you dealt with it? Well, you know, I've kind of thought about it. And I think the biggest thing for me that has helped me, because I come from a pretty rough family background. And so um, I've had to deal with a lot of things really early on and become super independent and find those coping skills pretty early. And I think for me, I've always focused on the fix, right? How right. do I fix this? This problem... Mm-hmm. It needs to be fixed and I have to find a way to make it better. Right. Mm-hmm. And for COVID, I can't do that. <laughs> right. And so I think my anxiety kind of built around, well, I can't fix it. What do I do? How do I fix it? How do I fix it for my son? How do I fix it for my partner? How do, right. My yeah. friends are suffering. How do I fix it? And so I, I had to just kind of let go. And that's, that's how I ended up in the forest. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. So you, you kind of, and that's a, that's a powerful message. Um, kind of relinquishing what you do not have power over. You know, when you, when you have anxiety, like, you, okay, say, for example, me, for, I, I, I've gone through periods of having a fear of flying. And I would always be afraid leading up to the flight. I get on the flight, I wouldn't be anxious at all. And that's because at that point, I've relinquished all of my, I can't do anything about it now, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and also, you're, you know, you, it sounds like you kind of, you, you've got this strategy for, for you've got a problem and then you create a solution. Yeah, you know, that's planning. And that's, uh, that's really a powerful thing. Let's talk a little bit more now. You just mentioned that you ended up in the woods. I think it's important <laughs> we clarify that for people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you never stopped living in a house, right? <laughs> I did not go. Yeah. <laughs> you went feral. Uh, which, oh, oh my gosh, certainly a temptation dealing oh, yeah. with this whole COVID crisis. <laughs> you know, let's get back to the land. But yeah. um, okay, so what, what you're referring to that I want to mention, because this is how this, uh, this conversation started, is that um, our executive director, Judith Law, I think if I get the story right, and you can correct me, I think she happened upon your artwork and you That's right. building. Yeah. Yep. Um, so tell me about that. Tell me about what you were doing in the woods and, and, and how you got that 
to the woods? Well, I, I know that my coping mechanism for any time I've had a hard time in my life is to make art in some way. And so when I was a teen, I used to do a lot of writing. I used to write ridiculous teenage uh, horror stories mm-hmm. in notebooks. And, um, and then I started to make, uh, I used to, I sew costumes that light up and I do all kinds of wearable art and then interactive art. Mm-hmm. And my whole year kind of revolves around making art. So I plan, start planning in February for a festivals that happen in the summer. Yep. Uh, and I create a idea in my brain of a project and then I make the project. And I'm also on a, an arts grants committee where I help give right. money to other artists to make art. And so it, it's all kind of a ball, right? And without having any of that, all of the things that would have normally been there, to kind of help me cope weren't there. And um, I just started to kind of, uh, just kind of wither, right? I mean, I'd started classes and that was great to kind of have something to keep my mind occupied, but um, it wasn't doing what I needed. It wasn't helping me cope. And so I just decided, um, I have a friend who owns a lodge out in, um, or over in Oyama Mm -hmm. uh, near Kelowna. it's a beautiful lodge with a bunch of different islands around the lake. And so we started chatting while we were there about how cool it would be to build a giant art piece on each island that people would have to take um, kayaks or canoes or whatever to go and visit them. And um, so we made a plan that the next time I came back, I would build something on one of the islands. And so then I came back going, well, I can't just like wing it. (laughs) I have to go practice. So I went into a couple of different trails near my house and looking for a place and um, Robert Burnaby Park in uh, Burnaby, uh, BC is a beautiful park. It's, uh, it feels more like a forest than a park. Um, And I was wandering around and there's a little basket that someone had woven out of sticks sitting on a log and it was so pretty. And I was like, well, clearly this is where I must make art. And I decided I was going to build a unicorn next to a creek. (laughs) Of course. You know, why not? Yeah. 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 So, and I, um, another thing I'd been kind of struggling with, with my art was that I found that it was starting to feel kind of wasteful. Um, I built these big creations. Like I built a giant rocking pirate ship that lights up that you can sit in super fun. Right. And a giant, Tetris that you can stack on top that lights up and all these cool interactive pieces. But then what happens to them when they don't work anymore or people are tired of seeing them, right? This just becomes essentially junk. And I started kind of feeling not okay about that. And so I decided when I built this, I wanted it to be as natural as possible. So I went in with uh, some clippers and some twine and, uh, and a, a drill with like three screws so that I could kind of get my base going for my yeah yeah and that was it and then I just started building and people kept walking by and going what are you doing <laughs> it, it's yeah but so what's interesting about this is it, it's again talking to somebody um who generally hasn't experienced a lot of anxiety like what you know even there instinctively um one of the things now that they talk about with anxiety is is getting more nature time going out into nature more. And, and it, I, I don't know, was it just convenience? Was it instinct? Was it just by chance that you happened to end up out in nature where I'm sure 
that probably helped you with your with with whatever residual anxiety you might have been experiencing at the time. Oh, without a doubt, it did. And I picked a spot. My very first spot was right next to a creek, yep. and uh, it was just I'd spent three to four hours a day there, right? And my art is literally picking up sticks off the ground yeah. and bending them into such a way that they make shapes, right? And yeah. that whole movement in the nature with water was. It was, it is, it's therapeutic. It was really, yeah, definitely. really helpful. Yeah. I, I want to ask you about your, you know, so you're doing this in a park and you have people, I assume, walking around. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're bumping into people. What are people's reactions to, to what you're doing? Well, uh, the first couple people who walked by were very confused because, of course, it just looks like a pile of sticks and it looks like I'm just adding to the pile of sticks, right? And they don't really, um, there was a lovely gentleman who, came by the first day and said, oh, a unicorn, sure. And then he kept walking, but he came by every day. And I think it was like the third or fourth day. And he was like, oh, I see it now. That's a head, right? And, <laughs> and then he became invested and he kept coming by and, and um, oh, hey, Nikki, how's it going today? Right, and, right. Yeah, yeah. And it was good, but I didn't realize that where I chose was such a traveled trail because it, it's not on a main route. It's kind of tucked off to the side. So mm -hmm. I thought, this will be great. I'll be hidden. <laughs> I'll get to like <laughs> yeah. stay away from people and do my thing. And, um, but I'm glad it, it, it was a, a travel trail because my, my fear and my anxiety at that moment was people and yeah. just being around them. Right. Yeah. And so it was a really cool way to do what was making me happy and everyone stayed their distance while talking to me. Right. And I mm -hmm. could have those interactions while still doing my art. So. Yeah. Um, do you have a sense that, I mean, I, I have a lot of opinions about art and how valuable it is in just about every facet of our culture. Um, do, you, do you have a sense that it, 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 for you, do you think that your creating kind of helps you with, you know, with, with your coping with, what, with what's ever going on in your life? Because I, I always, I'm, a, I'm a believer in art making. I, yeah. I, I, I'm a believer in making just about anything. Um, I think there's a lot of value in that. So how do you think that served you over the years? I guess I'm wondering, you know, how did you, how did you get into it? Because you do a lot of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, you know, when I was a kid, um, like I said, I had a rough uh, growing up and right. in high school, there was in my high school where I went, you had to take two years of public speaking and um, that, or sorry, one year of public speaking as just a, a course you had to take. And the person who taught that was the drama teacher as well. And she thought that I would be great in drama. And at that time I was very shy and I was not the kid you would pick for drama, but <laughs> I was good at public speaking. So she pulled me into drama and that, uh, that's kind of where I started to realize that this was my outlet. Um, I did a lot of writing plays and I participated in a lot of drama competitions and I actually ended up going to college for theater and yeah so that was my first sort of um artistic outlet mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and then and then I had my son and kind of pulled away from the theater thing and still needed that outlet so I found um <laughs> I actually found I could reconnected with it by making Halloween costumes for my kids right yeah yeah <laughs> that's a good way to do things yeah yeah there was some wonderful gems made for <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely uh, yeah. And then it wasn't until um, my son was in kindergarten that I started to kind of um, dabble with some other art. And I found the 
the Burning Man scene and their interactive art. And then, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I started. Have you done, have you done, you've done some Burning Man stuff? Yeah, well, I've never been to the big Burning Man, but um, in Vancouver, there's a local chapter. There's um, little mini Burning Mans all over the world. And Mm -hmm. there's one in Vancouver that happens every summer. And so I got really involved with them. That's the arts organization that I help give money to artists um, because they gave me money to make art. (laughs) So then they, you know, they, that's how they get you hooked. They ask you to to come and help out. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've made um, five foot tall interactive activity books. So like the little activity, but they're giant. Um, I've made a few of those. Like I said, the Tetris and the pirate ship and, um, the first few, I actually had my husband do all the building. Mm-hmm. And I yep. just said, yep. this is what I want. We should do that. And I've then... been that person before. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then I realized when we were talking to people about it and I was saying, this is my pirate ship, that that was kind of weird because I didn't actually build the pirate ship. We can, have the, we can have that debate later. I, I believe that <laughs> is your pirate ship <laughs> yeah, I because I know that artists historically have always had people that help them realize their vision. So yeah. we, I, we don't need to go into that, but once again, <laughs> I'm saying, right now, I'm saying sure. that's just as much your pirate ship as anybody else's. So, <laughs> yeah. So, well, it was also just, it's my personality to, if I, if I feel like if I'm feeling weak in any way, I mm. need to fix that. I need to feel strong. Right. So I was feeling like, um, I don't know how to build, so I need to build. Right. And so I built the books I built myself. Um, out of wood and all by myself, even though right. my husband was really trying to help me. At one point he came out and I had like a foot under one board. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. An arm over here. I'm fine, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But have, have you had a point where you're, where you feel like, because, uh, you know, talking to you, um, you sound like you've got qualities that kind of make you a fairly confident person. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, but what I'm experiencing in co- my conversation with you is that you are a very fairly confident person. Um, and confidence is a really important aspect for people with mental health issues. So would you say that? Would you say you're pretty confident? Because it sounds like you tackle things. It sounds like you, you don't hold back. I think, I think I'm most confident when I'm building something or when I'm making something. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it helps boost my confidence. So if I'm having, because I, I suffer from, Uh, low self-esteem and Mm, uh, bouts of depression every now and then. And I feel like I feel at my best when I, like I said, I find that something that I might be weak at and I find a way to fix it. Right. Yeah. I think that's an important thing to do. Yeah, I think it's important, like, you know, always learning and always growing. My father would sit, would call that curiosity. My father has had the most, he still does, you know, this kind of annoying make my eye rolls when I was a kid saying, um, you know, if I, for him, the greatest violation for anybody to say would be that they're bored. I cannot stand the concept of somebody saying they're bored. And he said, and he would, you know, raise a finger and say, John, <laughs> the cure for boredom is curiosity. There yeah. is no cure for curiosity. Yeah. And what you're talking about is that kind of thing. It's also pushing your abilities a little bit. And I think people who struggle with, you know, like you say, whether it's depression and getting out of bed in the morning or whether it's anxiety and, you know, going to work every day. I think there is part of us that really has to tap into that strength when we're not feeling that confident and do it. That sounds like something that you definitely 
have trained yourself or taught yourself how to do, whether you know you've taught yourself how to do it or not, this is something that you've acquired along the way. Well, and it's, it's sort of ironic because I, without realizing it, you know, uh, I faced the problem that I was having with COVID by putting myself in a situation where I would interact with other people. Right. And without even realizing that that's what I was doing, I was just at that point, so tunnel vision about feeling better that Mm -hmm. I wanted to go make art. Right. And Mm -hmm. in a public place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, Inadvertently I, I faced that kind of head on. Right. Yeah. And have, how, how's it been, you know, with your son, if you don't mind me asking, um, with, with your son, with his anxiety issues, have you been um, able to, you know, does he, has he, does he get help? Do you have, you know, is there help at school? Like how do you approach when he's having challenging times? Uh, well, he's, he goes to a special school that is set up uh, basically for children with learning disabilities. And uh-huh. I would say 90% of the children that go there have anxiety. <laughs> so they have a completely different learning style. It's a much smaller school and um, it's been really good for him. He, um, he started high school um, in a big school in North Van and it was immediate that immediately obvious that, that he was not okay in mm-hmm. walking the hallways with like, you know, 25, 30 other children in one space around him. It, that's right? overwhelming. If yeah. even if you're at the top of your game, that's overwhelming. <laughs> you know, let alone that. Yeah. So okay, so that's great. So you found a place that that kind of works for him and and creates a more stable or more comfortable environment for him that way. Yeah. Yeah. And COVID's yeah. been hard for him, uh, especially with the school thing because, um, well, they when they moved to online, he was actually he did better online <laughs> than he did. Yeah, I've heard school. that. And um, I think that was just because we had very clear, this is what you're doing when, and, you know, we had that kind of laid out, but it was still flexible enough that he felt like he had control over it, I think. And, mm-hmm. um, and but he went back to, to school this fall because it's a small school. He has like 14 kids in his class. And um, I think the total school has 60 or something like that. Amazing. Um, yeah. And uh, he went in, but the, the problem is the... All of the kids that had the highest anxiety rates were his best buds and they didn't come back. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. Yeah. 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 So he's, yeah, so he's kind of stuck there a little bit right grade now. Grade 10 and now he's kind of, you know, feeling like he has to start over. So that's a little frustrating, but. Of course. Um, you know, and then there, that anxiety about, uh, you know, talking to new people and. and oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I don't have that anxiety now. <laughs> I, I certainly had it then. Yeah. Uh, I certainly had it then. It's uh, it's definitely a challenge for young people and pe- people like you, you know, parents um, who have to deal with it. I, th- I think that this generation of children are uh, quite a bit luckier that the parents are kind of more in tune to what's going on. And yeah. even you, uh, somebody who hasn't experienced it at that level, still, you know, were in tune to it. And, and, yeah. and it's definitely more acceptable um, going through that what is what does he think of your uh or think of your the artwork you're doing well you know he's almost 15 so he has yeah. to play it cool like yeah like, i can't care that much god it's mom's thing she's building yeah. the stupid things in the forest right <laughs> but i know he shares them on instagram so <laughs> oh wow that's pretty yeah. good that's pretty yeah. good so i i might be cool somewhere you know oh for be. sure for sure yeah yeah yeah, uh, uh, yeah i know um, I've got a 15 year old son myself. Um, but that's great. Uh, I, I just want to say, you know, the, 
the way that you, I, I know that the way you affect people who see your artwork out in the world and specifically now out in the, in the woods where you're building this stuff, um, you know, from my own perspective, from my own experience, hearing Judith uh, talk about it, uh, I think you really helped her. Uh, I, I don't think you did. I know you did. Yeah. Um, I think it's so advantageous that you just happened to, you know, bump into the, the executive director of Anxiety Canada. I, I you know, <laughs> when that happens, I kind of start thinking there's no such thing as coincidence. I think all that stuff happens for a reason. Totally. Um, yeah. But, you know, what I'd like to say is, first of all, I want to go out and see your sculptures. Um, I'll find a way to go and see them before the earth reclaims them um, <laughs> yeah. and uh and and what i'd like to say is i think that I, I know that you have um through kind of helping yourself through this expression of art you've helped other people including that guy who was like okay a unicorn i think what you do is it really helps people um it opens their eyes it enriches them it makes them see in different ways and, and whatever they're experiencing you know the it, art is so valuable in that way you, what you do is so valuable so I just want you to know that I appreciate that oh thanks yeah. you know I I am to be completely honest I had no idea that it was going to become what it has and it's so really it's really amazing every time I go into the forest something different happens it kind of makes me realize how how much bigger this has become than what I intended it to be and uh, there's a woman now who uh, she collects sticks for me. <laughs> yes. She goes for her walk every morning yes. and she collects sticks for me. And when I told her she didn't have to do it, she said, well, you know, what else am I going to do with my life? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, par it's part of something. Okay, so now we're into a collaboration. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's giving these people the sense of purpose. And, and I think that's a wonderful thing. You know, I think that's great that you're doing it. Nikki, I want to thank you for talking to me. It's been really great talking to you about this. And it's always something different when I talk to somebody new every time. And being, you know, I won't call myself an artist right now because I don't feel like I'm really practicing as an artist. I do have a Bachelor of Fine Arts. So I definitely have a value in what you do. And I, and I certainly appreciate what you're doing with your art and, and helping people. And I really appreciate you talking to me today. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, thanks, Nikki. Take care. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our anxiety stories. If you'd like to support this podcast or Anxiety Canada, go to anxietycanada.com.